Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And the first week of the year. Isn't it nice? We've had a little bit of a snow. There's a dusting at least. There's a lot of ice. I don't think you need to water a lot right now. As soon as this thaws though, for pretty much most of northern Arizona, you can start pruning at your leisure. So it's a big window for pruning throughout the year. So we'll start pruning typically here in the mountains from January 1 through uh, March, something like that. And I thought I would cover some of that here on this show. Just how do you start the process? I would say first and foremost, the easiest of all of the plants is perennials. Those are the flowering things that typically hibernate underground, but then come back fresh every year from the ground. So they're typically like carnations and uh, what are they? Echinaceas and uh, lilies. And there's all these series of flowers. California poppies, probably the most famous of them all. Of course, they're all brown, kind of laying over, and they're looking really bad, especially after all this weather. You can just go through, and as soon as you can get out there or want to start pruning back, you can prune all of those back, usually with a, a, a line trimmer, or I use a lawnmower head shears, pruners, whatever it takes. It doesn't matter. All that top material is completely dead. I mean, it's just been vaporized, just brown, looks like straw. Typically, I've got, uh, for my gardens, I've got it where I can go with the lawnmower, just the electric lawnmower, and go right over it, and I just mulch it right on top of each other, which is perfectly fine as long as you didn't have a lot of disease or, or mildew, insects. If there were no problems, just go and mulch it and have it right there on top of the ground. If you did have a lot of, let's say, powdery mildew issues, this is white spores that kind of cover the, the foliage, last typically summer through fall, so it's been a couple months. If those things were, were if you're having issues with that, cut those back by hand, then throw those away. Burn them. Get rid of them. You don't want them on the property. Those spores can come right back, right back at you. That's the same with roses. As you start pruning roses, it's not quite time to prune roses. Typically, we'll start that in March. Uh, that's that's the ideal month for roses, all roses. Uh, but if you had some mildew issues, prune them back by hand and then get rid of that stuff. Don't compost them. Don't keep them in the yard. Just get rid, throw them in the trash can or the burn pile, whatever it takes. You country folks, you know what a burn pile is because you're out there in the rough and you can just do that. We used to have uh, burn piles in Skull Valley that were the size of barns. I mean, they the flames would go up 15 feet in the air. There was huge, it was fun, but you had acreage, big, big uh, fields that you can control this. And so um, that that's kind of where you start, perennials. Start with those and you've got now through March. Don't feel like you're rushed. Uh, but but when you want to when you want to get out there, go for it. Here in this central highlands, I'd say that's Payson, definitely Sedona, Camp Verde, Cottonwood, the Prescott area, 
It really goes over to Kingman, those areas. This this swath through the middle of the of the state. This is Central Highlands. This is chaparrales. This is manzanitas and junipers and uh, ceanothus and oaks. These grow wild here. Lots of wild grasses like like bear grass, misacanthus. Mis, uh, There's so many native types of plants. Uh, it's it's time to prune those things back when you want. These are a zone seven. So you've got, when you're looking at your garden zones, typically goes from one to about 10, 11, 12. That's the desert stuff. 10, eight, nine, 10 is really, you're getting down to Black Canyon City and Phoenix, Tucson. There's a whole separate zone. And those plants won't grow up here because they don't like the cold of winter. And our plants won't grow down there because they don't like the heat of summer. And so there's this change. So as you come up that hill from I-17, the zones change almost instantly. You can watch it change. Watch those saguaros. They're, they're, they start where they're everywhere at the bottom. Then as you come up the hill, you're seeing that they're, the saguaros will only be facing the south where the sunny areas are. And they disappear from the, from the shadowy, cooler, shadowed areas. And so you can just almost watch those garden zones change as you're, you're coming up very rapidly once you crest up to Sunset Point. Uh, Spring Valley, Quartz Junction, those areas, you had a totally different zone. Totally different kinds of plants will grow there. Saguaros will not grow up here. Prickly pear will, choyas, a few cacti, really were more famous for yuccas, agaves, prickly pears, of course. These are our native manzanita. We're more famous for those. The Phoenix folks wish they could grow manzanita, but it's too hot for them. They need the winter cold to really do well. In fact, they're really looking good right now. Nothing like a manzanita with a little dustiness snow on them that just brings out that color and that red bark going down to the trunk. It's magnificent. And so those, those plants, they're, they're used to this higher altitude. This would be a zone seven. I would say you folks up in, in Flagstaff, Williams, the White Mountains, you know who you are, so you're tuned in. So those are going to be a zone typically five to six, depending on your elevation and which, if you're east, south facing, you might be a zone warmer. If you're north and direct west facing, you're probably a little bit colder. And so the reason for that, or if you're down in a little dip-de-doo, if you walk your neighborhoods, you'll feel the cold air settle in the, in the ravines. That's, that'll be a zone colder. Up on the hilltops, or in the south facing of a hilltop, especially, or, or morning sun. I find my best gardens are facing the morning sun because when it's cool, that sun pops up in spring, like like late February, March. It's still chilly. Sun pops, warms them right up. And they go, oh, okay, well, that wasn't so bad. Let's grow. And so those are some of my best gardens. In my backyard, that's north facing. There's still lots of snow on the ground, and it's not going to thaw anytime soon. So on the, on the other south areas, yeah, they're still, they're already thawed. And so those gardens are much cooler. So things grow a little differently down there. So in my own yard, I've got two different zones, a zone seven. And up front, I almost flirt with zone eight. I grow quite a few zone eight plants like barrel cactus and, and uh, Mexican palms, some freaky weird stuff that you really can't grow, but gardeners, they just like to try it anyway. 
so I just try it. And then I've got all the other you know, lilacs, forsythias, and butterfly bush, and so Russian sage, and all the other common ones. So all of those can be pruned back now. So the one I would say I posted on our Instagram uh, page this week. Uh, I was walking the neighborhood in that snow, and, and you the, the um, autumn sage, or salvia gregii is the Latin name, salvias, uh, I would wait. They're, they're a zone 7B, zone 8. They're a borderline plant, really. So for the borderline, yeah, they love the heat. They bloom from May through November. They're amazing. Hummingbirds love them. They grow about, oh, just below hip high, kind of nice little ball shaped. And they were magnificent. Now they look like twigs coming out of the ground. They look a little rough and I want to prune them back, but I'll wait until we get through the the coldest of the cold. This is the first week in January. We're just past our shortest day of the year last week. And so typically about two, three weeks after our shortest day, which was December 21st, it's going to be your coldest day of the year. And so typically that's going to be the middle of January for, for the mountains. Get past the coldest of the winter for those borderline plants and then cut them back. So I would wait. I'm going to wait until middle to the end of February, March, and I'll prune back. When I'm pruning my roses, I typically will, typically will prune back my salvias. You want to keep that structure up. And the picture that I took, the snow had rested or covered the heart of that plant. It was insulating it. And it's always the day after a storm clears out, that's when things get damaged. It gets really cold when those clouds clear off. It gets really cold, and that's where the damage gets done. Well, if that snow is over there protecting the heart of it, you've got the structure of the plant sitting there. It, it helps protect that plant so it gets through a colder winter. So anyway, Lisa Watersline coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Arizona Cypress. If you want low-maintenance natives, easy care, and reduced water use, then this is the evergreen for you. When planted in rows, they block the wind, traffic noise, and make the perfect privacy screen, all for under 40 bucks. Comes in an Arizona blue, easy to grow, and prefers monsoon planting. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love native evergreens, they love to shop. My living room feels so empty. Now that the Christmas tree is gone, the house just seems so blah. Brighten it up with a big, bold, beautiful plant from Waters Garden Center. Fill that cavernous space with tall tropicals, colossal cactus, and sizable succulents that bring the great outdoors indoors. Make a gorgeous green space you can enjoy all year, not just for a season. Unique, exclusive, one-of-a-kind houseplants found only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are folks talking about? Asking here at the garden center through our we have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They're coming in from everywhere anymore. But Lisa curates those and comes up with a few gems. 
<laughs> that are worthy enough to share over the airwaves the podcast. Mm -hmm. So here we are. Welcome, here Lisa. We are. Thank you. We should uh, let people know what the Phoenix Symphony is unbelievable. Uh, that was good. So we went down uh, New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. Went to a symphony, caught just we went downtown Phoenix and walked around, had dinner, just kind of drinks afterwards. It was just a great, relaxing time. That was my Christmas gift I from say, my it was honey. Your Christmas gift. <laughs> yeah. I'll take one of those anytime. Yeah, it was fun. They had Leslie Odom Jr. was singing. Which is Hamilton for he those folks Hamilton. that uh, he was He's the original cast. Done a lot. Yeah. When you start reading his bio, but yeah. Well, anytime you get on Broadway, you got it. It's not just anyone gets on Broadway. I hope not. So now he's going on the road, going national. Yeah. Cool. It was very nice. Very fun. Yeah. Full, full house. It was good. Next week, we're taking our grandson to the symphony, mm -hmm. the Houston, Houston Symphony. And there they're playing. So we're trying to get our, you're trying to sophisticate your grandparents, your grandkids, <laughs> you know, you know what your grandparents know what we're talking about. And so they're playing the Harry Potter movie right. up in the concert hall. And then the orchestra is playing the music to the movie as it plays. I mean, yeah. that's, he's wearing a suit and tie. We're all getting dressed up. We're going out to dinner right Ooh, afterwards. It's, uh, yeah, you, we'll, we'll teach him a thing or two. <laughs> you put <laughs> the napkin right. in your lap, not out there on Aww, the table. No, come on. Good, he is. He's very well raised. Trust yes. me. Our daughter and, and son have done a good job. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> So you make him sound like he was raised in a barn. He's just a 10-year-old. It's true. And and Boy. there isn't where we're going. There's no mac and cheese or chicken nuggets. There's just uh, like uh, things you can barely pronounce. Maybe five pounds lighter. When he yes, to... son. You should you should order the escargot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, we've wasted three minutes of oh, banter back and forth for yeah. nothing. No garden information here at the start of the show. It's January. It is relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You want some questions? I probably should feel the. <laughs> couple of them or take a nap. <laughs> All right. Well, Doug is out in Chino. He wants to know when he should start applying his dormant oil huh, on his good. fruit trees. Mainly he has apples and peaches. Great. So fruit trees got an orchard. So mm -hmm. you know what the definition of an orchard is, right? No. So up to seven trees, or is it six trees? I think seven is a, is a demarcation line. So six trees are, are, or less is considered a backyard, just like a backyard trees. Mm -hmm. At seven, it's now considered a Orchard uh -huh. fruit fruit trees, so right. it can be mix and match. Mm -hmm. But seven or more is an orchard. So I've got an cool. orchard in the backyard. Oh yeah, well tell me about that. So anyway, Doug, <laughs> hopefully you've got an orchard out there in yeah. Chino Valley. Uh, so what what we suggest is finish your pruning. So get all that dead wood out of there. Get the branches that cross in the middle. Bring it down to size that you want. Make it the shape that you want. There's techniques to each kind of tree. Mm -hmm. And we don't have enough time here in this show to, to go into that. But when you're all done cleaning up, right afterwards, you're fertilizing and spraying your dormant oil or your, your horticultural oils, the oils. What the oils do is you put it in a hose and spray. This is where quantity over quality. You just need a bunch of it. Spray that tree from a couple angles. Focus at the base of the tree. Focus on the main trunks of the tree. Really coat the whole, all the bark. And you're getting rid of last year's eggs that were laid from, let's say, codling moth on your uh, your pears and apples. The um, There's a clear-winged wasp that gets into plums. 
apricots, nectarines, the cherries. So you want to get rid of them. You don't want those. So you're starting the year out clean. You're starting out. Now, bugs, you know, coddly moth, it's a moth. It can fly in and lay an egg on the fruit, but at least it's not going to come out from the base of that tree and get right on the fruit as it starts to form for you. So it's really, you don't start, don't go backwards. Prune first, then spray. I guess it doesn't matter. You could spray first, then you're just using more spray. So because you're spraying things, you're to be pruning out anyway. Right. So generally you clean it up and then you go ahead and spray it. Then you mm -hmm. fertilize it with the fruit tree food we make here at Waters. So it's an all or all natural, completely organic uh, fruit food. Mm -hmm. And then we've upped that fertilizer with a whole bunch of calcium. So it's 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 six four four seven, I think, or it's seven percent calcium. I mean, there's like there's more calcium than anything else in this organic food. And that's what brings out the flavor and the size of fruit. So it's made for our fruiting plants up here in the mountains of Arizona. So Okay. Anyway, did we get all that? I think so. All right. So the uh, dormant oil, it can also be, it's not just for fruit trees. It can oh, be no. used on your evergreens, yeah. any other trees you have. So pocket. I would say spray things that you've had any issues with. Roses, mm. it goes after aphids. If it, if it can, there are actually some bugs still there in a dormant state on your plants. If that oil coats them, it strips off their ex exoskeleton, suffocates them, and they just kind of, they die. Mm -hmm. It also does the same thing. It coats the uh, eggs and it suffocates them. So they die. So you really, really focus on things, those things you've had problems with, things that bloom in the spring, lilacs. Mm -hmm. I would spray those sure. uh, while they're dormant, before they have flowers, mm -hmm. so that you you don't have insects, thrip, flying in to, to eat that flower while it's in full bloom. So I'm pretty generous. I would just power up the hose and sprayer, hose down the yard oh, and hit the fruit trees while you're at it, Doug. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Next question is from Angie. She's starting to see some, what she thinks is gopher mound activity yeah. in the yard. She wants yeah. to know, are they really active this time of year? Yeah. And if they are active, what's the best way to start getting rid of them? Yeah. So it's gophers, pocket gophers, they call it pocket gopher because it has a flap of skin underneath their chin. And the way they dig soil out in the ground is they'll take their front paws, fill up this pouch, go to an exit hole and throw it or chuck this, this soil up. So that's named pocket gopher. It's got a pocket of flap or underneath its chin. How did I not know that? I just, you know, sometimes- I thought they you... just used their little paws to kick it out. Nope. They're actually, they're actually carrying large, that's why large mounds can- yeah. can show up like overnight. Hmm. And so that's what they're doing. They are active. You'll actually see after a snowstorm, they're just underneath mm -hmm. the snow sometimes. So they're very active. As soon as that ground is thaws, they're active, which, you know, we hardly have a freeze here. I think right. we've had one little storm where the mm -hmm. ground froze and then it's thawed like the next day. Right. So they're active all the time. And so go after them. Don't let them get ahead of you. What will happen is the pup stage. So mama had babies last fall. They've been maturing now probably. They're starting to launch out on their own. So you see all of a sudden at the, just before spring, more activity all of a sudden. That's where the pups are going out and trying to make their own way. They're eating the roots on your plants. Mm. They love fruit trees, roses, yuccas, cacti. You name it, they're after protein and, and, and moisture. Mm -hmm. They'll eat grubs, worms. There's nothing good about a pocket gopher. They deserve to be 
over there, but not in your garden. Right. How to go after them. And I think we got one minute left. Let's see if we can get this in. <laughs> so one minute. Here's how you deal with gophers. Uh, there's gas. You can chuck a flare down there. It doesn't work. Don't bother. We do sell them here, but don't bother. Uh, they've got traps. These are what your grandparents use. Highly effective. Kind of messy. You're dealing with a dead thing. Or sometimes they're not dead. They're alive sitting there wiggling in the, in the trap. And you got to like make sure you end the wiggling. So there's some, it's brutal. But traps do work. It takes at least two, but point one in each direction. And then there's, uh, well, I guess we should cover the repellents. So the repellents, mm -hmm. they use a castor oil bean. We they, they actually do work. We mm -hmm. have a, they have a we have an organic repellent here. You spread on the ground. It just isn't permanent. Right. It just moves them, dislocates them, but then they come back in about six, eight, nine months. Then we get into the whirly gig solar powered stick thing, supposed to vibrate and get them. That doesn't work. Don't bother. Don't waste your time or your money. And then there's poison. So there's a tool that we have called a gopher probe that puts the bait right underneath the ground, right where they're active. And it's highly, highly effective. Gets you a, a long halo effect or, or they don't come back for quite a while. Right. So if you, if you really have gophers, come in and talk to us and we can, we can get you, hone your right in because we're gopher. We are gopher experts. Don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, okay. No, sorry. Oops. <laughs> Didn't mean to insult sorry. Confucius. <laughs> Go for stop. Okay. Anyway, uh, can at least land the mountain gardeners. We're stopping right now. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-Home Garden Consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Goshiki Holly. Goshiki translates from Japanese as holly with five colors. Its new leaves emerge red, then turn green. The entire top of this holly is draped in colors of cream, white, gray, yellow, and green. This evergreen makes the perfect accent, hedge, or evergreen container for its all-round good looks. A really nice plant that shines through winter is just $39. Waters Garden Center, where people who love Japanese gardens, they love to shop. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. Now I know I've mentioned this in past shows. I, I forget everything kind of runs together between garden columns, uh, magazine articles and podcasts and radio shows. It's just so much going on. Uh, this year we are, are going to really up our game or focus heavily on video. Video is where it's at. I mean, Facebook is losing its prestige. Used to be everyone was on it. Now we're seeing a decline. Uh, if you're a Facebook user, I am. I love seeing the grandkids and that kind of stuff. It's not gone. It's just there's other things that are gathering our interest as well. 
and YouTube is where it's at. And so it's video uh, chat. It's, it's, it's video, it's video, video, video. And so we're really going to up our game on our YouTube channel. And so Waters Garden Center has our own YouTube stream channel. It's on. Just go to YouTube, Waters Garden Center. You can't miss us. We've had over 2 million downloads on this thing. It's crazy. Thousands of followers. Uh, but we're shooting some video this week on how to prune uh, plants that look good in January. Things that go together. Uh, House plants features. Uh, garden snippets. Two, three, four minutes. Just real short. Here's something you should be looking at now. And here's how to do it. And so we're trying to focus on that, and I'm trying to spread the, the talent. I need to feature my folks. I have brilliant people. I just had Amy Langley, uh, Doug Arthur, and Michelle Hyatt. They just received their Arizona Certified Nursery Professional degrees. I mean, these, these are, this is a crazy, intense four-hour test. It's kind of like passing the bar for you attorneys out there, only with for horticulture. You have to be able to identify plants just by their bark. You got to know their common name, how they grow, where they grow, how to design with them. You're actually putting landscape designs. And then their Latin name. You got to know how the industry talks about it. And they don't talk in English. They talk in Latin. And so you got to know all that. I got three people that, that just passed this. Two of them tied for the best scores in the state for all the last year. It's crazy. Congratulations to all three of you. Amy, Doug, and Michelle. Uh, you guys are just awesome. Anyway, we've got such great talent here. I'm actually the dumb one in the crane. I'm not, I'm not, my folks know an incredible amount. Of course, they're, they're talking to the farms. They know what's coming in and when. They're the ones that set the, the numbers as far as what's being grown, how many are being grown, when they're being harvested, what the stage is. I got people that track all that for me. Not I don't do that. We're way too many details for one one person to, to track. And then we've got uh, family members that help us with this. So it's managers. There's a lot. So I'm going to feature them on our YouTube channel. So if that's of interest, subscribe, follow. Could you, could you help hit the like button every once in a while? That kind of really helps. Google really likes that because it says, oh, it's good enough. People are actually reacting. Oh, this must be good. Prioritize it. How to prune a pampas grass or a mum or here's how early spring bloomers of camellias. And here is a pincushion flower. Here's what it looks like. And why is it growing early? All those types of garden answers we're trying to get better at. Uh, we'll feature them here as well, but words... There, there's only so much you can do with words, and it takes so many of them to describe what's going on, but with a picture. Picture's worth a thousand words. There you go. And I think you can do it in less words, but yeah, it's pretty good. Right now, fungus gnats. Oh my gosh. The number of customers coming in with houseplant issues, bugs in the house flying around causing issues. I've seen white fly this week and fungus gnat like a dozen times. These are little tiny pesty kind of pesky flies, and they're drawn into the house because it's warm. They don't like to be outside. They don't like to be cold. And you've got the furnace on. They're happy when you're happy. And so they're drawn in, and they're so small, they can get under any, any crack, any bit of light, any flaw, in any window, anywhere. They can find their way in. And so they're coming in, and then they make their home in your garden, inside gardens, in the soil, typically. 
So they'll camp out within the root structure of your ficus and dracaenas and pothos and all philodendrons, all that stuff inside the house. They'll, they'll go inside there and then they start to feed on the roots of your plants. So the way you, you solve these, like I helped several customers this week, we gave them systemic granules, sprinkle on the ground, water it in. It goes th- through the soil and gets rid of that larva stage, or the maggot stage of those particular flies. And then in addition, I, I encouraged them to hang a, they make a, a sticky trap. It's a white fly trap. It also works on fungus gnats. But it's basically glue on a yellow sheet of paper. When they emerge from the, from the ground, they're going, oh, and they go right to the light. That's why they bug you while you're reading your iPad or on front of the computer, in front of the TV. They're attracted to that light. Well, if you can catch them right then when they're coming out, they go right to the yellow sheet of paper and they go, shink, they get stuck there. Very organic, safe for your pets, doesn't harm your plants, but it doesn't allow them to go out and then lay more eggs. And so you can get ahead of this thing. So the adults will get sucked in and not lay more eggs. And the larva stage, well, the long-term solution is the systemic granules. The plant will actually absorb that. It's like an antibiotic for, for, for trees and shrubs inside your house for those house plants. That's how you solve fungus gnats in your house. Be right back. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Let's talk poop. Hey, I'm Tommy at Waters Garden Center. Ken and Lisa are out right now, so I snuck in to remind you that it's time to add some manure to your garden. It's been a wet winter, and your soil is well pooped. Waters Barnyard Manure adds nutrients to get your garden growing. It's organic and orderless, so we really can say our poop don't stink. Buy six bags or more. They're only $5.99. Now that's a load of crap. Tommy, what's going on? Oh, poop, gotta go. Natural, safe, odorless, and organic at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Austrian Pine. We have instantaneous trees just in and ready for planting. This pine has the same long needles as our Ponderosa Pine without all the problems. And these trees are really big and bold. This is the fastest growing at the pines and lots of sizes to choose from. But the $249 model is exceptionally big. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love big, bold pines, they love to shop. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes with uh, just sharing her take on gardening. Uh, throughout the week. So she comes in each week and you, we've been doing this for how long, my dear? I don't know. It's been 10, 15, 20 years. I can't remember. Okay. So long. Neither one of us can remember how long we've been doing this. (laughs) Either we're just getting old and can't remember or it's just, it's just time flies. The seasonality just comes and goes. And it it is kind of nice to have January where you get a little break. Um, There's a little bit of gardening, actually doing more remodeling inside in the patio and extend the patio, the driveway, going to level out drive uh, patios in the backyard, um, cleaning the barbecue grill, the simple things (laughs) that you normally don't do when you're out there all the time. So you can catch up on things. Mm -hmm. It's been pretty nice out. It has been. 
Yeah, a little bit of cold, but then it warmed right back up. I'm seeing bees are out. So yeah. honeybees have been flying around. So that means mm -hmm. they're warm enough to at least venture out during the day. Right. I saw some moths flying around. Really? Yep, out in the front yard. Oh. So I don't know what they were doing. I don't know what kind. They were just tiny little things fluttering around. Huh. So things are kind of starting to wake up. <laughs> the buds on some of the, like, the lilacs, yeah. they're looking big. Yeah. So you can tell spring's right around the corner. You can kind of, when I go out hiking and stuff, you can see the buds starting to set on the trees. And then some of the trees that wake up really early, starting to get a bit of a green cast. Oh, all you gardeners, you're always looking for green. <laughs> it's, a month, it's a month away. You're looking, you already see it. So well, that's, that's hope. That is hope. That's, that's what gardeners hope. do. That yep. is right. I mean, gardens are the ultimate optimists. That's true. Otherwise, why would you look at a seed catalog and order, you know, <laughs> pay two bucks for, you know, 10 tiny seeds that will be, will look like that package, you know, five months from now. <laughs> So anyway, what do you got for us this week? What's going on? Sure. So still have a lot of people moving into the area, oh, yeah. new homes going in. Uh, so we do get a lot of people asking about screens. They yeah. want to screen their neighbors, screen the roads, screen, yeah. you know, the ugly RV garage yeah. out there. Um, and, and yes, you can plant now. And, and get yeah. those those screens started so that you know get those plants in the ground so that when they wake up, they're going to get some more growth on them and you'll even have a better screen. Yeah. So it's a good time to be putting those things in. And as long as you can dig in the soil here, you can plant. And there's a lot of nice evergreen type screens that you can use. So I thought I'd talk about a few of those. Evergreen screens that provide winter-long dense privacy. <laughs> Google will like that search. <laughs> There you go. So just a couple of things to think about when you're you're thinking screens, you know, obviously how long is the length of what you're trying to screen out? If it's a really long length, um, I always tell people don't put one, you know, don't plant 50 of one tree. Monoculture. Right. You, they call that. Yeah. yeah. You need some diversity yeah. in there. Um, number one, it adds interest to the eye. So it's not just little soldiers lined up ready to march on your house. Um, but it also, if a disease or an insect comes through that wipes out a certain variety, um, you have a backup. You know, you don't have 50 of one tree that can just totally wipe out your whole screen. Leland Cypress. I think mm -hmm. you're mentioning those. That's a, we sold that for decades. Right. We thought, oh, bulletproof, nice green, thick, 25 feet by 12 feet wide. Mm -hmm. Perfect screen. We're losing every single one of them in the yeah. county. There's not one. It's, it's, they've been attacked for about five years now, and mm -hmm. there's hardly one left because yeah. uh, there's a there's a canker, some weird disease that gets in the base, cuts them out, and then doesn't get on the other cypress, no. only Leland's. Yeah. And so if you had a monoculture all the way down the driveway, they're all going to die. You can just watch them. There's nothing you can do. Right. We, if, if we wouldn't. We, we could have sent our kids to college <laughs> at a nicer school, but no, we have, we think if we'd had figured out yeah. how to solve that, but right. there's no cure for that. Mm -hmm. It's terrible. So it just is something terrible. to just really be aware of too. Yeah. And the other thing for screens, especially if you're screening for sound, uh, it's good to have some, some variation in there and don't line them all just up in a row, Yeah, kind of off center them or stagger them uh, using some other shrubs. Yeah. Or, you know, things in between, it adds interest and it also helps with the sound if you're trying to create a sound barrier. As Different well. textures and heights mm -hmm. affect that sound wave 
more right. than just having one type of texture, one type of foliage, one type. Mm -hmm. I would I even tell folks when I'm helping them, put some deciduous stuffs in there. Sure. Put a put a maple, put an aspen, put a yeah. put some crab apples, something that grows fast mm -hmm. while you're waiting for the evergreens to fill in, and then also give you some interest. Right. I agree. Definitely. Um, and then also just know your space that you're trying to fill because that way we can get you the correct amount of trees and shrubs to go in there. Uh, the other thing is the height. How tall do you need it to be? Maybe you don't need a 30 foot height. Maybe you need a 10 foot height or a 15 foot height. But the, those are questions we're going to kind of ask you when you come in looking. We're going to say, well, how tall? How wide? So those are things to know ahead of time. Also, um, know how you're going to water them. Are you going to have them on a drip system? Are you going to water by hand? Um, because these are, are living things. You can't just plant them yeah. and go, now live, because they're not going to. They have to be watered. They have to be fed and taken care of. Um, but hugely important to your yard if you're trying to block something. Um, so those are the things to be aware of. If you don't have water out there, you know, go with a really drought hardy like an Arizona cypress. Um, you know, so those are things that are going to make a huge difference for you and how that screen performs out there. I tell folks too, take a picture. Mm. Just, I mean, pictures don't tell you the distance, Right. but I'm trying to screen this barn. My neighbors just put up, uh, it's on my back patio. It's across the Valley or whatever. I don't want to see them go. Okay. We can do that. Hey, let's play. Let's put one of these great big things, mm -hmm. some smaller things over here. Yeah. So it helps us to visualize what mm -hmm. you're trying to accomplish. Then just pace it off. Quick napkin sketch. Go, no, yeah. it's 50 feet. Right. It's a whole backyard. I want to let's, let's screen it all. Mm -hmm. but okay, let's let's start. Yeah. Yeah. So those are good things, knowledge to have before you come in. And then I thought just we'd talk about some of those screens that we currently have in that we okay. do perfect you can right plant now. now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So the, the big daddy of them all, I always call it the big daddy, is the Austrian pine. Okay. Uh, because it's a big daddy. <laughs> it gets probably, what, 30... 35 feet tall yeah, right. at a good 15 to 20, if not even bigger width to it. So a couple of those are going to give you a really good screen or a good base to start with. And then, like you said, put in some other trees and shrubs around it to give it a better look. So ever the Austrian pines are very fast growing, uh, probably what, two feet? Yeah, it's probably real. If they're happy, they're 18, happy. 24 inches, pretty, right. pretty realistic. Yeah. So a pretty fast growing tree, nice evergreen, performs wonderfully here in this area. Um, we also have, yeah, I was trying to think of the big ones. We also have Arizona cypress would be another big, big one that we do carry. It gets probably, they're getting 30 feet tall or so, and probably yeah. what, 10, 15 feet wide? Yeah, 10, 12, something 10, like that. 12. Yeah, they're pretty, pretty chubby. Yeah. <laughs> They're not, as, they're not a big chubby. daddy, but they're a chubby daddy, yeah. <laughs> and that's another one, very drought hardy. Yeah. Uh, you know, let them get some age to them. And at some time, you could probably almost take them off water, just knowing if we have droughts, that kind of thing, that you would need to get water yeah. to them. Um, that's another good one. And then we have some of the smaller ones out there, the junipers, the Spartan juniper and the Wichita blue juniper. Uh, Spartans are green. And the Wichita blue, of course, is that gray blue color. And I love the contrast of using some of the gray blue, like the Wichita with a with a pine that's green. It gives you a nice contrast oh, yeah. out there. Oh, yeah, that's pretty. Mm -hmm. And those, those get, get tall. They're 10, 12, 15 oh, feet yeah. tall. They get, they're not short. No, no, no. They get way above head height. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And they spread, what, five, three to five feet? Yeah, as wide as your hand. Maybe a little bit wider. Depends on the your age. Hand. Yeah. And, well, arms. And, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going, that's not very big. Ours are wider than I can. I can't yeah. reach around them, so they're probably so, seven, eight feet wide. 
Right. And those have been in the ground, what, 10 years? Yeah, something now? like that. But they're pretty fully grown. Yeah, and they, they, we use them screen. to block the street. And it actually does a wonderful, wonderful job at mm -hmm. that. Uh, there's a blue point juniper that gets to be about the same height, but it does get wider. So it gets about eight feet wide. Yep. So it's another one to good mix in there. And I see I'm running out of time. Uh, so I'll just list them off. Hollywood juniper, Arizona cypress, Deodore cedar. Um, all those are nice evergreens. And then Fatinias, Cotoneasters are more leafy ones that you can also mix in as well. Lots of evergreens you can plant now. It's worthwhile coming in mm -hmm. to take a look and kind of take them all in and see what they look like. Mix right. and match. The aisles here at the Garden Center have designed more privacy screens. Yeah, we just take up the aisle and go, let's line them out for mm -hmm. you. And then so you get the right amount. Yeah. So you get the right privacy. Lisa Waters laying in with the privacy screens, the, the evergreens you can plant in your yard right now. Be right back after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Once upon a time, Fred the Sage and Bob the Yucca watched a herd of deer eat their neighbor's garden. Hey, Bob, said Fred. It's a good thing we're native Arizona plants from Waters Garden Center. Right, Fred, said Bob. We can handle tough Prescott dirt, hot sun, low water, and we look great in the garden. You betcha, Bob, said Fred. Hummingbirds and bees love us, but that deer sure doesn't. Be like Fred and Bob. Go native at Waters Garden Center. Safe, natural, and organic. Did you know that plants can help you sleep better, naturally? At Waters Garden Center, we have beautiful houseplants that not only look great, they clean the air we breathe. Get this, some plants can actually produce oxygen at night and even take mold spores out of the air, making for less tossing and turning and more beauty sleep. Don't lose sleep, rise and shine with unique, gorgeous houseplants for your best rest yet at Waters Garden Center. Sweet dreams! Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. I'm getting so many folks coming in the garden center right now, and they're looking to landscape. We got a new house, or they're looking to remodel, or they just want to refurbish. You know, they got a new sofa out there. They want it to be an outdoor living room, kitchen, and so they're looking to accessorize. And they're coming to the garden center to see what we have, and it's mainly right now. We are starting to get product in, so we're starting. Oh, the 2021 pottery is here. We are buried alive in truckloads of pottery. Bright, interesting textures, colors. Uh, stuff is here. So if you're into pottery, especially matching pairs, don't wait. You want to be at the front end of this so that you get the matching pairs. What happens is people will wait until they want it or need it. And then other folks have been able to, to there's not as many options to pair matching pairs of, of pots. And pottery is extremely difficult logistics wise to, to deliver into a retail Place, especially big pots, commercial size or large home size pots. Um, those are, you don't just go, I want three more of those and they show up. It doesn't happen. You have to order by the container load. It comes by ship from Asia 
typically Vietnam, sometimes China, and they're coordinating. They come over here. It takes months to coordinate this. It's not like, well, when are you going to get another one like that? No, that's not going to happen. And the colors won't match because it's just just You want to be at the front end of pottery, especially if you need to coordinate several together that look good. If you just need one pot, that doesn't matter. We always have onesies. It's when you need twosies, threesies. You want them all to, to be the same. That's when you want to know when the loads come in and be first. You want first dibs. By Mother's Day weekend, we're starting to run out of pears. So that's that stuff. We had our first herbs show up. So we've got herbs, not mainly for outdoor use. We actually put them inside our houseplant area. But there's so many folks cooking with fresh herbs. These are organic basil and you know, oregano and mint, these kinds of things. So we're starting to ship those things in. So lots and lots of houseplants. Here I thought I'd go over the shrubs. What are some shrubs? What are the best shrubs? If you're designing things, what are some of the best my favorites, basically, of the shrubs. And so, and here I'll go over the list. I'll get through most of them, I think. I've got 17. I don't know if I'll get through all of them, but, uh, and they're not all in stock right now. Many of them are. Some of them are dormant, some are evergreen. Uh, but you can plant these whenever you find them. You can put them in the ground. They're great perennials, they grow for years and years in your yard. Uh, but if you want to see that list, just go to watersgardencenter.com, and at the top right-hand corner, you'll see a search bar. Just put 17 shrubs. It'll, it'll be instantly right up there, the whole list. So that's there for you. But I would start with the bloomers. Bloomers like barberry uh, and rose of Sharon. You folks from the more tropical areas, you're familiar with hibiscus. Well, rose of Sharon is our hardy hibiscus. It doesn't get quite as large as the Florida or, or the uh, uh, Hawaii, Southern California variety, that desert variety, but it's darn close, and it makes up for it in just sheer quantity. What a, a typical hibiscus will have, a tropical one will have, you know, flower the size of your hand, and there'll be a dozen of them on, all over the shrub. A Rosa Sharon will have a five-inch flower, not as big as your hand, but it has hundreds, literally hundreds of flowers. It's crazy. It's beautiful. The next one would be bluebeard shrub or false spirea is another name it goes by. So it's a cute shrub about hip high, covered in blue flowers. Summer right through fall, amazingly long bloom cycle. And not as weedy as like Russian sage. It's another spiky hip high shrub, uh, but, but same color, but just more groomed, more like a shrub, less like a perennial. Anyway, so just differences. Again, these are my opinions. These are my favorites. You might have different ones. Uh, so when you come up with your favorite list, you can share yours. Another one I like, some of the, the grass is like deer grass. Uh, another one that kind of goes with that same kind of look. Deer grass has this, again, knee-high sh uh, kind of shrubby kind of grass. It's a grass, but the pink plumes all summer and fall are just beautiful. And truly drought hardy. I mean, it's a it's a native. It just grows wild. Uh, a companion to that would be butterfly bush. That one's pretty famous around here. Some of them get quite large. It's a beautiful shrub. Goes up head high. S some of the dwarf varieties get maybe hip high. So we're trying to introduce smaller varieties because the big ones can be kind of high maintenance. You got to really prune on them every winter pretty hard. You're pruning back your, your butterfly bush right now. 
I mean, like a third, a half. I mean, just really be aggressive or it will take over your yard. But the new ones, they come in pinks and whites and yellows and reds. Whereas the traditional one your grandparents grew is purple, dark night butterfly bush or is the common one. And we do still sell that one. If you need a big shrub to block the, obliterate the shed or your neighbors, it's a good one. Great for that. And butterflies, they really do like that. Another one that goes with those, I would say would be the yucca family. So all the yuccas. So we've got some native ones, but some of the native ones are kind of scraggly looking. So the flowers aren't quite as clean and neat. They're kind of rough. They look native. They look like I just dug it out, out, out in the dells and you brought it into your house and planted it in the backyard. Some of the newer ones, uh, like the red yuccas, yellow yuccas, um, brake light yuccas, there's quite a few that we sell here. Some are actually starting to show some flower color. It's kind of pretty. But they're evergreens they're t- or ever blue. They're generally towards that bluer green side. But they're great, tough plants. Hummingbirds love them. Another native, while we're just on that native feel, one of my favorites, I have many of them in my yard, is Gilted Edge Silverberry. This is an evergreen shrub that gets up head high, about head wide. It's big, six by six by six. It's, it's a big shrub, evergreen. It's good for screening, blocking, hedging. I just soften up the fence lines with them. They're bright yellow. Uh, they're, they're actually got, they're, they're kind of green on top, white on the bottom of the leaf, and then with this yellow, bright yellow edge. It's very stunning, very tough. Water it, get it established, and never care for it again. It's a native, truly a native. Uh, they just look great in the winter because they're evergreen. So great choice for the, for the mountains of Arizona. Again, if you need this list, I'm going fast. I know. Watersgardencenter.com. 17 shrubs in the search bar. It'll pop right up and you'll have the entire list with photos. I mean, so you could also go to top 10 plants. That's our website for this, the garden center. So all of the plants, when we get new orders, we upload them to that website. So you can see the plants that are here at the garden center right now. The price is there, but mainly the description of how they're going to grow here. So when you do your research, the national or Google will give you how it grows in its native territory, Portland or Midwest or someplace. We're actually putting on there how it grows here in the mountains of Arizona, which is typically smaller, how much water it will need here in the mountains of Arizona, how much sun, which is different because the elevation, you know, uh, Japanese maples, other national taxes, full sun, we'll love it out there, we'll grow for years. Uh-uh, not here in the mountains of Arizona. It'll fry. Sun's intense, the wind, the alkalinity. So we tell you, put it in more, no more than four hours of sun. That's where it's going to grow best. And so all those descriptions are right there. Top 10 plants, go to plants and just go to shrubs. I mean, we've got evergreen and, and flowering shrubs. that We break them down so it's easy to shop for them. We've got fruit trees, shade trees. You can just see all the stuff that's houseplants. They're all, they're all right there. So you can, those two places, 17 Shrubs, Waters Garden Center, or Top 10 Plants, you'll come right in there. I love herbs. Herbs are so easy to grow in the mountains. Uh, salvia, anytime you hear the word salvia or sage, they're the same plant. Salvia and sage are related. They get this herbally scent to them, which means animals, they're not going to eat them. But the butterflies and hummingbirds are going to love them. So heat wave salvias, autumn sage salvia, 
Um, I like lavender, rosemary. Every yard should have at least one rosemary. It's so easy to grow, evergreen, blooms early. It's a pollinator. You Yes, you can use it in the kitchen. It's a great plant. One that I planted quite a few of last fall was Nandina or heavenly bamboo. You folks from California like heavenly bamboo, but the rest of the country is Nandina. Um, that plant is a, it's, it's a shrub, evergreen. It's got this soft foliage to it, but in the winter, it's got this bright red top to it. And then it will revert back to green during the growing season. It's beautiful. Has white flowers that come up on the top in late spring, early summer. Uh, red berries to it. It's a great plant. And animals detest the taste of Nandina. They're not going to bother that plant. Anyway, I'm out of time. I can keep going on and on and on. Again, Waters Garden Center, 17 Shrubs, or top10plants.com. Research your own. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Wondering why my garden looks amazing? Well, that's personal. The personal garden shopper service at Waters Garden Center, that is. Before talking with my personal shopper, I had no idea which plants would be best for me. But now my garden is bursting with flowers and buzzing with hummingbirds. Just go to watersgardencenter.com, click on Shop, and choose Personal Garden Shopper. A Waters Garden expert will pick the perfect plants for you, personally. The Personal Garden Shopper, only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our single blue pinion pine. This new blue variety lends to a tidy appearance in a bold, tough tree. Highly desirable for its edible pine nuts. So eat up. Let it grow wild. Or this 10-foot tree can be shaped for the holidays. These perfectly formed trees are just $85 and only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love native pines and pine nuts, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So the trucks are starting to roll. We had our first shipment since the new year of houseplants. Just filled up the houseplant room Uh, this Thursday. Had our first crop of pansies and violas the winter blooming flowers are some flowers that like the cold and so we're starting it's this leading edge pottery's in it's just things are starting to happen and so it just crescendos it gets more and more and more from here i think in two weeks we've got our first truckload of fruit trees and shade trees the deciduous trees and so what happens is the farm it's been, it's been raining up there, and so the, the equipment can't get into the fields, or it just rips them. It just tears them up. So you got to let them dry out a little bit. And so we've been a little bit delayed. Normally, we'd be shipping right now truckloads of trees, but it's, okay, a couple weeks. It's drying out. We can get in there. And so it ships up right now. It's coordinating trucks. Oh, to get shipping across. This is, uh, we, we ship in from uh, northern New Mexico, Utah, Colorado, Oregon, Central to Northern California. We're shipping from Tucson, from all over the place. And so to to line those trucks up and fill them up and bring them here, oh, it's the hardest work I've done in years just because there's a shortage. 
So you gotta, you gotta, this is when your relationships really play out. Your, your friendships play out. They help you. And so someone that you know, you should, you've been, you've known their family for years. Go, hey, Joe, I, I need these. Can you, can you put me at the front of the line? Not calling in favors, but just, hey, I'm going to be here for you. I was here for you then. I'm going to be here for you later. Help me out. And so you're, you're making those kind of phone calls. It's a hard one. But it's exciting to see the first loads show up. It's like Christmas all over again. It's so much fun. Uh, the first class is this weekend. So the 15th, Saturday, it's on houseplants. And then it just starts. We've got a, every Saturday, there's a class through the spring season. Next week, it's on landscaping flair. If you don't know where to even begin, we go over landscaping. And then it's gardening for uh, wildflowers. January is your month to spread wildflower seeds. Well, here's how you do it. Here's what seed you want. Soil prep, mountain fruit trees. It just keeps going on and on and on. Take a look at those. Those are at watersgardencenter.com. And they'll be right there. There's a button right on the front that says, you know, garden classes. Uh, our blog, I write a, a weekly garden column. It's always right there at the top. There's a blog button, B-L-O-G, at the, oh, at the top of the, the website. The YouTube videos, they're all right there. The podcasts, it's just everything. Our website is our repository of local garden information. It's meant to be there to help you garden smarter, better, be in sequence with the environment instead of working against it. That's truly what gardening is, is knowing how to work with the environment so it's helping you out to be successful. You're not fighting it. And so that's that's there for you. And then I write a weekly garden column shows. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff going on. Join us. We love talking to folks that are fans of the show here at the Garden Center, Waters Garden Center here in Prescott, Arizona. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with more garden tips, tricks, and techniques for the mountains of Arizona right here from the studios at Waters Garden Center. As the days get longer and brighter, houseplants can struggle and scorch, but we have the solution. At Waters, we've organized our houseplants from A to Z for the brightest of sunny locations, many even bloom. With experts that know plants and how to make them grow. Shipments of the freshest houseplants in town have just arrived from A to Z and ready for a bright new home. Waters Garden Center, where people who love bright green houseplants, they love to shop, found in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.